Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. In this series, we are going to be talking all about um, healthy relationships. And so I'm going to be working you through um, a lot of the concepts in my book, um, To Love and to Be Loved, Establishing Healthy Relationships. Now, I want to start by sharing with you a little bit about the heart behind this book. Now, many of you know I'm the founder of Crazy 8 Ministries, where we house men, women, and children. Um, we keep them for a long-term um, time of stay in order to rehabilitate them, really gird them up, uh, attack all the suburban poverty barriers, and spit them back out into society in the fullness of who they've always wanted to be, who they're designed to be, who they should be. Now, often people ask me, what is the number one issue that we deal with when we're dealing with um, people in our housing program? And surprisingly, uh, the answer is not uh, anything to do with finances or resource. In fact, the answer is unhealthy relationship. Now, let me also compare that to you in my private practice as a life coach um, in counseling. Almost every issue that I encounter goes back to unhealthy relationship, more specifically the inability to establish healthy relationships in our lives. So that is really what stimulated this book, really what motivated me to try and capture all of the things um, that I have encountered over the years as a life coach, as a counselor, as the founder of Crazy 8 Ministries, whether you're homeless, in poverty, or whether you're an executive, uh, whether you are married, whether you are single, um, a lot of success in life comes back to your ability to establish healthy relationships. So as the book goes on, I talk a little bit in the beginning about um, just the characteristics of unhealthy relationships, the characteristics of a healthy relationship from a, from a biblical perspective, um, and then how do I really cultivate um, a healthy relationship with my with between me and the Lord? How do I cultivate a healthy relationship with me and myself? And therefore, then out of that, I begin to walk in healthy relationships with people around us. So I think a lot of times we try to focus on our relationships with people around us, not recognizing that uh, our relationships around us will be only as healthy as your relationship is with God first and with yourself second. So we're going to work our, well, ourselves all the way through to really kind of attacking how do, how do I cultivate a relationship with God? What if I'm already in a relationship with God? Is there more to be cultivated? What does it mean to cultivate a relationship with yourself? What does it mean to cultivate a relationship with others? We're going to work all the way through, but today we're going to talk specifically about how we are created for connection. Now, the reason why this is so important is because we cannot have relationship without connection. So a lot of us try to have relationships without connecting with people, but the bottom line is relationship requires connection. Now, I'm going to read to you from Revelation 3.20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. I will dine with him and he with me. Now hear what this is saying. There's a lot of uh, things that we can pull from this passage, but the one thing that I want you to hear saying is there is a desire for God to connect with you. It says, I stand at the door and I knock. And what he's talking about here is standing at the doorway of the heart 
of a human in knocking on the heart, the door of our hearts. We learn from this that it is God's ultimate desire to connect with you and I. Not just to connect with us, but to dine with us, to be with us, to sit with us. Now, anytime we see um, somebody eating a meal together, dining with somebody in the scriptures, it's a picture of covenant. And so what God is saying here is he's reminding, look, I'm going to continuously be knocking on your door and I want to sit and be in covenant with you. He's constantly reminding us of his desire to connect with us, to be in relationship with us. And so we learn here that our design is for connection. Therefore, we intrinsically desire connection. From the minute a child is born, from the minute you were born, from the minute I was born, we desired connection, not just physical connection, but uh, um, intimate connection, mental connection, emotional connection. We desired to connect with others and we desire to feel connected with. This is one of the things that is lacking in so many people is we don't feel a sense of connection. Uh, the greatest human need is to feel a sense of belonging. And that is because we are designed, we are created for connection. If you've watched any of my other episodes, you have heard me talk a lot about how the number one human need is to feel a sense of belonging. That means, again, that connection piece is super connected to that, meaning I want to feel like I belong. I want to feel like I'm connecting with the people in the room. I also want to feel like the people in the room are connecting with me. There is something that makes us feel very satisfied in that. Now, I understand some of you might be watching this and say, oh, that makes me feel very vulnerable. It makes me feel very um, unsafe. It makes me feel very uh, unsure of myself. These are the things that we are going to be talking about. Because if that is you, and let's be honest, a lot of us don't feel safe in connection. Um, A lot of that is because of circumstances that have happened in our lives, experiences that we have had, that we have slowly withdrawn and we have um, suppressed, we have tried to hide, we have tried to crush that natural design in us to be connected with and to connect with others. Now in this, we want to say, we, we hear a lot of times about how connection requires transparency and vulnerability. Uh, And that's a lot of times what makes us feel unsafe. So as I'm going through this book and I'm talking about healthy connection, one of the number one things you'll hear me say over and over again is, what can we do to cultivate a feeling of safety where this person feels safe to be transparent, to be vulnerable, to be honest? As a parent, this is something we need to be asking ourselves on a regular basis of our children. If our children um, are lying to us, hiding from us, not wanting to connect with us, I want to give the parents the ownership by saying, what are you doing on a regular basis to cultivate an atmosphere, a conversation, just that space where your child feels safe to be vulnerable, transparent, and honest, even in their sin? Okay, so we're going to always allow this to be our measuring stick, if you will. It's going to be the foundation where we talk about safety. I I get the opportunity to speak a lot on psychological safety, emotional safety in the workplace. And when somebody doesn't feel safe in an environment, 
um, they can't function to their top capacity um, in such situations. Now, sometimes that is because the environment really isn't safe. The boss hasn't cultivated safety. Maybe the, the coworkers haven't cultivated safety. But a lot of times what we find is we don't feel safe because we're not, we don't feel safe in our own skin. And that's going to connect with our relationship with ourselves. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I do want to start throwing out teasers to keep you hooked in this entire series so that you can be watch, walking in the fullness of all of your relationships. So I want you to be able to experience relationships where you feel free to be real, the real you. Who is the real you? I have that t-shirt that says, who do you want to be? Is this who I want to be in this relationship? Is this who I want to be in this circumstance? And so a lot of times we have lost ourselves in our attempt to experience connections, to experience love, to experience acceptance. We're willing to forgo the genuineness of who we are in order to be accepted by those around us. Now, again, a lot of you are probably going, oh, no, no, that's not me. Well, let me ask you this question. Have you ever gone somewhere, done something, had lunch with somebody, answered a phone call when you didn't really want to or you weren't in the space or the right place to, but you did anyway because it was easier to just do what you didn't want to do or be who you didn't want to be in or in, instead of making that person mad or hurting that person's feelings or offending that purpose or that person. Um, and so I'm just trying to keep it real here where we have to really be honest with ourselves that a lot of times we end up doing things. We end up saying yes to working in the nursery. We end up saying yes to sitting on a board. We end up saying yes to things because we aren't confident in ourselves to just say, that's really not where I feel called. That's really not what I want to be doing. Um, all of those things. So uh, I, I like to use the example a lot of times where, you know, uh, Mrs. Smith w wants to go out to lunch and you really don't want to go out to lunch with Mrs. Smith. Come on, we all have a Mrs. Smith in our lives. Um, but you're like, well, it's just easier to go out to lunch with her than it is to poke the bear. Because if I say no, then she's going to ask me why. And then I kind of come up with a reason. Instead of really just being able to, instead of feeling safe to just be completely honest with Mrs. Smith, which maybe just says something like, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not at a place. I'm not in a space in my life right now where I have time to just go to lunch or uh, sometimes our lunches feel very tense. Whatever the reason is, loving Mrs. Smith enough to really be honest. That takes a lot of courage and our courage is directly connected to our confidence in who we are in God first, who we are in our own skin. We'll cultivate that confidence that we can have with people. So again, I don't want to get totally ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about this design for connection because we're talking about the ability to connect and our create or creation for connection. I want you to think with me for a moment about John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. Now, a lot of us know the story. If you don't know the story, I'm not going to read it to you. I want you to do your homework. So maybe you need to push pause right now and you need to read John chapter 4. If you need to do that, go ahead and do that. Um, and then come on back to me. So going into John chapter four, we take a look at the woman at the well. Now here we have a woman who has a reputation of what we presume to be a prostitute. What we do know here is that this woman comes to the well at high noon. 
Now, in the culture of the time, people went to the well um, in the morning or in the evenings because it was too hot to draw water in the mid-afternoon. Now, for whatever reason, she doesn't go when everybody else is going. So what we can assume here is that she is, is trying to avoid connection with people. But what is interesting to me is in the very beginning of this chapter, it says um, of Jesus that he must needed go to Samaria. And so this says that there is something that was stirring up in Jesus that he was driven to go off his course. So while his disciples were going in one direction to get food, he goes in another direction because he must needed go. And I want you to think about this phrase for a moment because that phrase captures the heart of God and his desire to connect with you in your loneliness, in your fear, in your in your vulnerability, whatever it is. Because here is where Jesus was driven to go to connect with a woman that was so desperate to not be seen that she was going to the well when nobody else would be there. In this story, which by the way is the longest conversation recorded in all of scripture, is Jesus with this woman at the well. In this story, he begins to have a conversation with this woman. Now what he does in this conversation, again, I want you to read it, What he does in this conversation is he begins to ask her questions in order to expose her most vulnerable place. He says something about her husband. She says, I have no husband. He says, that is true. In fact, you've had five husbands and the man you're now living with, um, you are not married to. Now, let me put a pin in that and share with you in the culture only men had the authority to marry or to divorce. So if she's been married five times, this means for whatever reason, five times, um, five times these men have either left her, divorced her, or they have died. What we, what we learn from that, and also on top of that, the man she's currently living with, for whatever reason, is not marrying her. So I would like to propose that maybe we don't have a prostitute in our presence, but we have a very rejected, unloved woman who has experienced a lot of loneliness and a lot of isolation. Now, Scripture doesn't say all of that, but read it. Allow the Holy Spirit to really give you the heart of this woman who obviously is not wanting to go to the well where she would ha- she would be forced to be seen, to be exposed, where people might look at her because she had a reputation. Jesus must needed connect with her in her most vulnerable place. I'm speaking to somebody right now. Somebody listening to this, 
your spirit is stirring in your heart and you're connecting with this woman and you're saying, I have been rejected. I have been left. I have been betrayed. I have been isolated. And I feel like the whole world is rejecting me and nobody is accepting me. And I feel completely alone and I feel completely isolated. In fact, I feel safest in that place that I don't feel safe connecting with people anymore because people have brought me hurts. They have brought me wounds. They have brought me betrayals. Just like this woman, God wants you to know today, right where you're sitting, that he must need connect with you. He is knocking on the door of your heart. I need you to get this. He wants to sit with you right in your space. He wants to sit with you right in your place. He wants to sit with you in your hurt. He wants to sit with you in your wound. He wants to connect with you right where you're at. And I know that even as you are listening to this, your spirit is beginning to move inside of you. Your heart rate is going up because you know that God is chasing you down and he wants to connect with you. You absolutely will not be able to connect with yourself in your own wounds. You will not be able to heal from those wounds. You will not be able to heal with the people around you or connect with the people around you until you let God sit with you in your hurts and in your rejection. And I want you to read John chapter four because you will begin to see that he begins to intentionally ask her questions in order to expose all the hurts, all the hidden spaces in her heart. He wants them to be exposed. He is not, he is not dumb to them. He is not ignorant to them. He knows them. Look, he wasn't asking her these questions because he didn't know. He was asking her these questions because he wanted her to know. Even in the midst of all of these things, I want to connect with you. And that is what God is saying to you today. Even in the midst of all of the things you've done, whether they've been done to you or whether they've been things you have done, it doesn't matter. God must need connect with you right where you're at. He is knocking on the door of your heart. I'm telling you, I've got the spirit all over you, all over me. And I know that the spirit is all over you as you're watching this, because no matter how much we have connected with God, no matter how much we have experienced God, there is still always a knocking of the Holy Spirit saying, but there's more I want you to experience. There's a deeper connection for you. So it doesn't matter if you are the person all the way over here who's never connected with God, or you're the person all the way over here who says, I live in connection with God, there's still more that God wants to connect with you in regard to. And so we see in this woman at the well that he wants in our humanness, we want to avoid our weak spots. We want to avoid our wounds. We want to keep our hurts from being seen. We don't want to touch them. We don't want to talk about them. We don't want to talk about the hard places in our lives. But Jesus goes right after the jugular because in that place, in that space is the most, the, the, the most vulnerable place where we are going to connect on the deepest level. And this is an example of relationship. 
where we need those relationships where we can be completely vulnerable about our weak spots, our wounds, where we can be exposed. Now listen to me, this doesn't mean everybody, and we're gonna be talking about unhealthy connection because we are designed for connection and often our desperation to feel healthy connection, we connect in unhealthy ways, like having sex before marriage, like having adulterous relationships, um, by having uh, conversations that are inappropriate, um, by connecting with people we shouldn't be connecting with, by going in covenant. We're talking about having an allegiance with people we shouldn't be uh, um, having an allegiance with, going into business with people we shouldn't be going into business with. It doesn't matter. The reality is that is the cry of our heart, wanting to connect, and we try to appease that through unhealthy connections. And we will only connect on a healthy level to the same degree that we are connected with God on a healthy level. So we're gonna be starting with the basics. And I'm telling you, no matter who you are, y'all, I need this message on a regular basis. I need this message on a regular basis. So God is pursuing his people continually. He will stop at nothing to connect with you. His cry is come into the light. Let me see you in your expo- in your sins. Let me see you in your hurts. Let me see you in your wounds. I want to connect with you in those places. See, often those are the last places we want to tell people about. Those are the last places we want to have a conversation with God about. We, we hide and we say, God, don't see me in this place. God, I don't want you to connect with me. Can I tell you a story? There was a time in my life where I chose a path of sin. And I knew I was choosing a path of sin. And I was a believer. I was connected with God. I was in love with God. But I was in love with this thing. And I was knowingly choosing this path of sin. And God kept meeting me when I was in the midst of that sin. And I was getting angry. I was like, God, leave me alone. God, can't you see that I want to choose this path of sin? And God said, even if you were to settle in the depths of of hell, even there my love is going to consume you and is going to find you. And in Hebrews, it talks about how we can't separate the discipline and the love of God. And I began to feel not God's love in the midst of my good choices, but it was when I began to experience God's love, even in my rebelliousness, that I began to understand grace and mercy. And I I began to understand his love on a whole nother level. And I began to understand that it doesn't matter how much pig slop you have on you. Come on, this is the whole prodigal son. It's not about the prodigal son. It's about the prodigal love of the father. A prodigal means to be lavished, to lavish upon. The lavishing, we we, we get it all about the son because the title in our Bible says the prodigal son. But this story is really about the lavishing love of the Father, despite the the betrayal, the rebelliousness, the squandering, the stench of the Son. The Father ran to meet him and wrapped him up, covered up his mud with his own robe, a picture of God's love, keeping fervent your love one for another for love, covers up a multitude of sins. That's what the Bible tells us. 
This is a picture, the same picture that we see with the woman at the well, that Jesus must needed go. The prodigal father with his prodigal love, lavishing, he must, he girded himself up and he ran and he met his son while he was still a far ways off cut his son off in the middle of his repentance and said, it doesn't matter. My love is ever ready to cover you, to pursue you, to connect with you, even in your stench. You are created for connection. And I don't know where you're at. I don't need to know where you're at. But what I can tell you right now is that the Holy Spirit wants to connect with you right where you're sitting. And so I'm going to encourage you even right now. I want you to just take a moment and I want y'all, I've got the spirit all over me. I want you to just take a moment and be still. I often, when I'm ministering to people, I'll say, just let God find you. You don't have to connect with him. Just let him connect with you. The woman wasn't looking for him at the well. He was looking for her. He must needed go. You don't have to do anything. Just sit, be still, very practically. Take a moment, take a breath, and let God find you where you are at. You are created for connection. And the first step is not connecting with God. The first step is letting God connect with you. Letting God connect with you. Okay, you guys, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to encourage you to please allow the Holy Spirit to just connect with you. Just sit and be still. Let him find you. Get a copy of my book, To Love and to Be Loved. You can find it. Uh, you can go to my website. You can find it there. You can Google it on Amazon. Follow along with me. Get a copy of the book and follow this series along with me. I want you to walk in the fullness of your God design, which is to love and to be loved and to be connected with, to feel a sense of connection in all things. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening. 